Good evening. Joined tonight by Los Angeles Kings diehard superfan, Mr. Angel Sandoval. How you doing tonight? I have no audience because my audience is here tonight. But I got to crack, crack a beer and have a good time with you tonight. Man, that just uh, fell right off the plate there. <laughs> All right. Just got to change one thing. There. Now people hear me and I don't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, as long as they can hear you, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, a little bit of amateur hour. I think my my mic was probably working the whole time, but we were missing yours. Okay, there we go. Sorry. A little bit of a rough start, but that's the way it goes. Um, so how's it going tonight in California? It's really nice. We had very good weather. Um, very, very nice. It's about to 68, I think, right now. Feels oh. really good. A comfortable evening down there. Very much. Don't need the AC unit, that's for sure. Not with the electric bill right now. So I gotta, I gotta do the old conversion, but I think uh, we're actually warmer here in the grandest prairie of them all than than you are down there. Um, <laughs> so she's sixty-eight degrees Fahrenheit. Feels like seventy. Yeah. At ten o'clock at night, this is northern hey. Alberta. This is northern Alberta. <laughs> that's pretty good. That that's pretty good. It's, it's a nice nice time to be out tonight, which I will be in a little bit. And and really, it's it's still light out uh, outside. Like I'm sitting in the basement. I got a little lamp here for my for my light lighting down here, and it's it's not dark. So yeah, we had I think we had a full moon Fourth of July. And we were driving back from the park while from watching the fireworks. Man, you know, I used to live in the desert um, at one point, And when you get those full moons and they can light up the sky, you can just take nature walks, you know. Um, and so uh, I was telling my kids about how, you know, I want to say like maybe 10 years ago, I saw the biggest full moon I've ever seen. It felt like it was right in front of your face. And, uh, you know, when you can get stuff like that, that's pretty amazing. Um, wherever you're at. So I was wanting to uh, pick your brain on, you know, your LA Kings and, and how you think they did. I was hoping Chad would be here to beat you up about it, but uh, <laughs> he'll probably pop in the chats in a little bit. Yeah, he's he's been sick for a couple of days. He missed uh, last night's show, and I know he wanted to be a part of that one too with uh, Mister Hebert and Bobby. Bobby must be. Uh, hitting all kinds of dingers and, and playing in the, uh, one, one hell of a slow pitch game tonight because I know he, he enjoys you, you and uh, we all do. Um, you're one of the good ones. Uh, you know, you're a fan of a different team, but, uh, you know, you keep a level head and, and you keep us honest and hopefully we can keep you honest. Uh, but what do you think about oh. what, the, what the Kings have done this, this far in, in, in the off season? Um, at first, I, it was it was a total shock, obviously, you know, to give up a whole line. It felt like for uh, and a defenseman. I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, Vancouver got um, or not Vancouver. Winnipeg got um, 
the second round pick that we traded Jersey to the Yotes for, you know, so you, you traded a defenseman, uh, a 30 year old player in follow who played up and down the lineup, gave you a little bit of that grit and that uh, defensive responsibility throughout the lineup. And then you traded a, what we all thought was an up and coming star in Velarde. Um, and so you, you pretty much gave up a whole line. And then Kapari, who was, uh, I believe he's our 18th overall pick in 18 or 19, um, that he just kind of kind of capped out because we have too many of the same players, right? You have Kapari, uh, Samuel Fagamo, Arthur Kaliev. You know, they possess all the same tra- uh, traits. So it was almost like... Um, at first, I was against it, but now that I look at it, it was like cleaning out the closet for the most part. You know, the only one that really hurts was Velarde, but when you get uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois back in that trade, it doesn't really hurt so bad. Um, you know, Ayafalo can be replaced by more Ardvitsin, you know, those are very similar players. Um, Kaliev replaces Kapari. Um, Jersey got replaced by, you know, the great... Uh, Brent Clark that should be playing uh, uh, this year uh, and our bottom six uh, defenseman. And so, you know, uh, adding Gabrikov um, for next two years, that is going to be huge because I thought he was arguably our best defenseman uh, against the Oilers in the first round. Um, He played really, really well up against uh, Leon and uh, Connor. So I think with with what we were able to do, we were kind of clearing out the clutter. And now you get, uh, I mean, you're going to have your regular first line in Kopitar Kempe, who's a 40-plus goal scorer. You know, it's not a fluke. The year before that, he put up 34 um, with Quinton Byfield, so he's getting better. Now you put, uh, could you imagine this? I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kevin Fiala, and Arvidsson as your second line. And then you go with Phil Deneau, um Trevor Moore and then Kaliev, who Trevor Moore and Phil Denor are more playmakers, and Kaliev has a rocket. He has premier hands, elite hands. And so uh, our, our three lines have a lot of good depth, strong, strong centermen down the, down the middle. And then, um, you know, Blake Lazat, who's arguably, if you're looking at, you know, uh, fourth line center, I would put. Blake Lazat up there with, you know, top five as a fourth-line centerman. Um, and then you can round it out with, you know, some of our players that are coming coming through the pipeline with uh, Turcotte, Samuel Fagamo, Kaliev, uh, and now Trevor Lewis, you know, that, that uh, coming back home. And then the only thing that worries me the most is the goaltending. But uh, I think arguably, I think our team got a lot better and a lot deeper in it, even though it looks like on paper that it didn't. But the players that were moving up that deserve the ice time, I think it's a lot stronger than what we anticipated or we thought at the beginning. So Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, uh, Winnipeg, I don't think was dealing from a position of strength, but they got a lot for that guy that didn't want to be there. It, to me, that that whole trade, um, I'm glad you guys made it. I, I really am. And it, we, everybody in oil country was kind of scared that uh, the guy from Winnipeg that was headed your way was a Vesna, Vesna caliber goalie. And, and uh, 
that that really put a lot of fear in in uh, a lot of Oilers fans' uh, minds because really, if you've got a a showstopper in Connor Hallibuck, that that could have been a real game changer for you. Um, Pierre Luc Dubois on some nights can look like the best player on the ice, and on some nights he can look like he you know he's ghosted the the team he's playing for. Like it, um, I can't figure that guy out. Like. At times he's a number one center, no question, and at times he's a third line center. Hundred um, percent. But I think the expectation for him on this team is probably not to ever be the number one center. So you sign Kopitar for the next two years, and he's going to mentor Quentin Byfield, and you're hoping, and we're we're hoping that Quentin Byfield turns into that one C. Uh, player that he's capable of i mean he's still only 20 years old so in in my mind if i'm developing byfield um i don't expect him to be like great until he's like maybe 24 right he's grown into his full body you know um because if you notice like when he's skating he doesn't ever skate upright you know for player his size I think he should be able to be uh, skating more upright. He's always bent over and he's trying to rush to the puck. So I don't think he even knows how to get get his legs under him right now at the NHL level. I think they're still rushing him along a little bit. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, it, it, in my opinion, I think uh, Quentin Byfield is still being groomed as that one C, Pierre Luc Dubois as that two seed. Um, and then, you know, you have Phil Deneau. You know, great defensive player rounding out the top three. Um, so I don't know if the expectation is, is him ever to be the one C, but he's also the backup plan if Quentin Byfield doesn't become that one C, you know. Um, and it gives it buys us a time or some bridge to maybe find one, groom one, draft one uh, with whatever draft picks we have now. Um, so I think. The, the trade is not for the now it's for the future i don't and you know there's a lot of people that think uh it's a stanley cup or bust year for the kings i don't see how you could even say that with them not being able to get out of the first round in the last couple of years let alone they're just going to go from first round all the way up to the stanley cup overnight so i, I think it's more of a setup for you know three four years down the road where Kopitar's moving out, because let's be honest, it's going to be hard to win a Stanley Cup with Kopitar and Dowdy being your two key stars. You need somebody else. And I think Pierre-Luc Dubois might be able to fill that role with the guidance of Kopitar and Deneau kind of leading the way. You know, you got uh, two great two-way centermen. And, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a real gritty player. He's willing to drop the gloves, throw the body, and that's kind of what we're looking for as a center, you know? Um, so I think it's more of a, a three, four year plan. Cause next year, Arvidsson comes off the books. A couple other players come off the books. You get uh, cap goes up five year or five mil. Kopitar uh, takes a 3 million pay cut. So now you, you, you're going to have like close to 15 to 20 mil, you know, to go out and get a Connor Hellebuck who you didn't have to trade for. Right or a Matt Murray or somebody along those lines. I think Hart is going to be available as well unless somebody trades them and signs them. Um, so I think it's more of a, a two to three year plan to see where it goes versus all in now. And so and I think that's the same thing with Gavikov. Gavikov signed for two years, right? And you got Jordan Spence and Brent Brent Clark coming through. And Brent Clark is supposed to be better than 
dowdy which you know you can put expectations on him all you want to but at the end of the day he's gonna have to prove it and uh he's coming up as our you know top six or bottom six defenseman and who knows where he could be <laughs> neil's chirp chirping in the chats uh i just fired up the chats he's saying uh pld is going to turn you into an oilers fan <laughs> uh, you know, I will go as far as saying I like Connor McDavid, and I pray that you guys trade Leon Draisaitl for us in two years or a year for P.L. Luke Bond's picks. <laughs> you, you know, you know, you were going nuts in the in the chat last night, but I, I was reading pretty much everything you were saying, and uh, you, you know, your offer of three firsts for Leon. Uh, sorry, but it's not not, not enough. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I was talking to some Kings fans the other day on the Twitter spaces, you know, and they were talking about other trades. And I'm like, look, you know, if 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 they don't win the Stanley Cup in the next couple of years, right, the pressure is going to be completely on. And, you know, who knows where they're going to be at. But if you can get Leon, even at uh, I think he'll be like 31 or 32 years old, I think he'll be able to play till he's like 36, 37, you know, at elite level. And so if you can get a player like that and, you know, give up whatever they're asking, you should still be able to build a team around a player like that. Um, and so I, I, I really like uh, Leon Dreisaito. I think he's a great player. I think he brings that grit, that toughness. He's got plays with a little bit of an edge, you know. And as a, you know, old school, school guy, you know, I'm real big on, you know, you still got to throw the body finish checks you know i wish they didn't get rid of the hip check and and stuff like that so i think uh you know moving your weight around is really good and i think leon does that and not that connor doesn't but uh connor's too flashy for me i like leon he's 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 definitely got that little edge that you're looking for to to keep the game exciting um as far as the physicalness there's there's a little bit more bite in in leon's game than connor's you, you know um and you know, being an LA guy, t- to me, there's there's similarities between kind of Shaquille O'Neal and and uh, Leon Draisaitl. The way they can hold, hold people, the way <laughs> yeah. they the way they hold people off. I mean, Leon to me reminds me of of a big man in the post, just kind of shielding <laughs> a guy off and, and almost stick handling with one hand. And two guys, I mean, two guys can't can't get the puck from him. He's he's incredible that way. Right. I, I think so. He's, he's uh, you know, I, I, I won't compare him to Kopitar, but they have a similar style. Like, man, they get the puck. It's hard to bump them off the puck. You know, you, you they, they use their body well. They got great footwork. They're good in the corners. Um, you know, uh, it, and they're not afraid to get dirty. You know, they go to the front of the net and um, they play hard. They're willing to sacrifice their body, take hits to, to make a play. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm very fond of uh, Leon Dreisaito. Uh I like Connor. Connor's just very exciting. You know, I think arguably he's probably one of, if not the fastest skater. I mean, just the way he can move and skate and how fast he can gain speed. Um, that's what makes him incite- exciting. Every time he, you know, touches a puck, anything can happen. Um, but I think Leon is more of my style of, of a hockey player, you know, big bulky you know and connor's more silky smooth you know um so i definitely like leon and when you guys get in a jam you know you go ahead and call up uh rob blake and uh let's make a deal yeah um uh, that's not going to be happening uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you, you know the di- the difference I see between Connor and and Leon is Connor is the most explosive skater I've ever seen. Um, you know, probably the next closest in sort of that realm of of Connor would be Pavel Burry, but Connor's Connor's got another level. I, I I saw Pavel and and it's it's not the same. It's just the things Connor can do with the puck in in tight spaces too. I mean. One of my favorite Oilers in in my memory is Alish Hemsky, and uh, Alish had good yep. Alish had good speed too. But it took him a while to get up to speed in in, yep. three, in three strides. I mean, McDavid's gone, and good luck catching him. He he's just unbelievable. It's his his hands are second to none. I mean, realistically, I mean, what he does uh, in front of the net and around the net at full speed is what makes him Connor. Right, I mean, there's only so many play for players or a handful of players that can actually do that. Um, and I think our version of not Connor, but of like the one on the Kings that I think has like super superstar potential is Kevin Fiala. Uh, I've never really seen a player with his uh, set of hands, and he, he's pretty quick for a little guy. Um, but I think with him, he he has that. Um, you know, I think last year we talked about, or earlier this year we talked about, uh, there's not enough um, players on the Kings team that can score just randomly, right? Just uh, somebody who can just, up. Oh, he scored a goal. You, you, not that you expected it, but just the, the guys that can just score a goal at any time. They didn't have a lot of those. Uh, and as Neil, uh, Mr. Gritty points out that he's uh, can't believe we gave up by a follow to me, Ayafalo is the same player as Trevor Moore, Blake Lazat, um, Arvidsson. Except Arvidsson's more skilled as a shooter, um, but their 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 versatility and they're all just great players. But they're just all the same, and so you know, I think it's Danny. Um, it's it's all the same to me. Those players. So I think uh, when we're moving up players, you know, like I think PLD can score. Uh, anytime he has the puck, Fiala can score when he has the puck. Kepe can score when they have the puck. Um, I think there's a player that you guys are going to be shocked uh, this year. He's going to be like our Gabe Villardi breakout in Kaliev, maybe even Fagamo, uh, or they call him Fagimo. Uh, this kid has a shot. He Every year that he's played through the minors, uh, even in the NHL, he scored more goals than he has assists. I, and, you know... So, I mean, this guy has an elite shot. So I think what's going to be surprising is how well our offense is without uh, some of these players just because we're adding players that can score, um, you know, with one shot. You don't need, you know, a power play. You don't need to be set up in the, the zone. Right. You know, they just take it down the wing, shoot the puck, get it in. You know, there, there, there's something to be said about just elite scores. And I think we got a few more that we're adding that we didn't have last year. That was a big problem for us when we play uh, like Edmonton. You know, you guys had Costin uh, and Kane, Dreisaitl, um, Connor. Um, you know, you guys have uh, at least, you know, six to seven players, you know, Nugent Hopkins, that can score just, you know, at random. You know, yeah, they get the yeah. puck and they score, you know, just one shot, boom, no play set up, none of that. So yeah. I think that's what we were lacking, and I think we added that. You, you had Kempe. Kempe was that guy. <laughs> yeah. 
They, man, Kempe sure did come out of nowhere, didn't he? The last couple of years. There's a there's a good player there, but yeah, well, that's part of the development, and that's what I think I talked to you about uh, as well. You know, our players. Uh, you know, obviously we're trading for them now, um, but our players have to come in. You know, they got to stop being 20, 21, 22, and they got to develop into that 24, 25, 26 year old that has matured in the NHL. And that is it capable of playing in the NHL. And I think a lot of our team wasn't like that the last two years. And I think we're kind of getting towards that um, this season. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I said, you know, McDavid's the most explosive player I, I've ever seen uh, from a foot speed standpoint. Um, and being able to stick handle at high speed and, and tight quarters and undress multiple defenders, and a whole team, if you're talking about the New York Rangers or Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> um, but but Leon, he, he's he's like another Malkin or even uh, Peter Forsberg. I mean, there's just a power or a Yager. I mean, there, there's, a, yeah. there's a power and... Um, I've never seen anybody with the ability to pass on the backhand. Uh, I mean, Sidney Crosby's pretty good at it, but Leon is is just on a whole nother level. He's he's just amazing to watch. Um, you know, people. Yeah, it, you you could argue who benefits more from who. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. It, they, they, you know that that's a, that's a debate that you could have every day for the rest of your life. Is you know, if them two are not playing together. They're a hundred percent competing to be the top player in the league every year, right? So, in in theory, when they're playing together, somebody has to take the backseat, and that's Leon. Um, but to me, I think Leon brings a little bit more to the table. Um, you know, if I was to start a team, I'd take Leon. Um, I'd probably be wrong um, because I think Connor you know, um, makes everybody around him better. And I think sometimes Leon's a little bit selfish with some of the penalties that he takes and stuff like that. But I think for me, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's hard. Cause I think Leon team wise, I think he's more of that guy than Connor is. Um, and that's, uh, I think it's just stereotypical because he is a superstar and he's young and, you know, I think Leon's a little bit older, so he's willing to take the back seat because he wants to win. Um, and I do think they're friends off ice and, you know, great teammates. Um, but for me, I think Leon probably brings more to the Oilers than Connor does as far as the team goes, not outside or what everybody thinks and stuff like that. I think Leon is kind of like more of the glue than, than Connor is at this point. You know, your head coach challenged Leon to not take a backseat to, to Connor. And, you know, he goes out and wins a Hart Trophy and, and all of that. And then, um, you know, at the start of this season that just passed, kind of in the summer, Leon takes the challenge and challenges Connor to, you know, score 60 goals and, and uh, you know, establish himself as a, as a scorer and, and not just a distributor. And Connor, of course, I guess does both. But um, you know, he took the he took the bull by the horns this season, and and kind of showed everybody that I can be the best goal scorer in this league if if I really set my mind to it. And he did. And I think the two of them, it's it is almost like you know Biz Nasty and those guys off of Spit and Chicklets kind of got into the Jordan Pippen kind of comparisons. And and I mean. You need to win some championships, I think, to kind of be in that stratosphere. But uh, no, of course, of course. But there, there is a little bit of of 
you know that push me pull me stuff with both of them where they where they challenge each other to just you know get better and better every day i mean dry cycle is is on the ice and and has an incredible one-timer already but he's working on it working on it trying to make it better you know it's almost like he could be in the fifth row in the stands and still hit the net like the the, the angles that he can put the puck in from and, and where he can roof it from and and all of that is 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 just incredible like it's like he's he's made his office to be a place where you're not expecting anybody to shoot the puck from to begin with and he and he has a high high level of success at, at you know and you know what's coming and he and he still beats you you know he, right there's there's really there's not a whole lot you can do when those two guys are on the uh, on the ice together you know and that's where that question comes in right who benefits who more you know the, if you put somebody else in that bumper spot where um, uh, Leon is, right? Is there is there anybody else that, you know, a normal player, right? You know, let's just say a good player, not a great player. If you have a good player in there, you know, is he going to put up 54 goals or 50-plus goals, whatever, you know, Leon did out of that spot? Probably not, you know. You're going to get, you know, a 30-plus 30, 30 goal scorer, right? Um and, you know, you, you, Connor's going to get, you know, 130 points, not 150, you know. Um, it, so it, 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 it's really hard to say, but, you know, to say that you guys have a, uh, a Sidney Crosby Malkin or uh, Sackick, Forsberg, uh, Lemieux, uh, Yager, you know, even uh, Gretzky, Messier type deal going on over there, you know, that is um, pretty, pretty amazing, you know, and I think – for for y'all, you guys have to win championships. You know, next five years, you guys got to win two or three. Oh. Um, if not, I, I in my opinion, that's a fail. It, the way I look at it, Angel, is this is the season. It needs to happen this year. That's yeah. That's it, it, that's where I'm at. Like they need to get it done this year, and then they need to try to duplicate that. Uh, anything less than multiple cups with the group they have right now, to me, is a failure. I'm not talking right. one. I'm not talking one. I'm talking multiple championships need to happen. I yeah. mean, it, it all starts with one, but to me, they need to get it done this year. Um, 100%. And, and I mean, there's there's no guarantees in life and in sports, but with what they have assembled, all things being equal, they need to push and they need to get it done. Like injuries and all that can happen, but uh, yeah. Uh, Neil saying so what you guys are saying is that the Oilers are better than LA <laughs> uh, I, well my thing has always been as long as you're competitive right anything could happen just like you said nothing's given in sports so as yeah. long as you're competitive and you can compete at a high level with players then you're never out right so I I, I would say that you know the Oilers are better in some areas uh, than others. Like, I will put my top four against your top four all day long in the defense. You know, Dowdy, Mikey Anderson, Gavrikov, and Roy, right? Uh, you guys got Ekholm, Nurse, uh, Kulak, CC. What's the other two um, that I'm missing? Our top four is Ekholm, Bouchard, Nurse, CC right now. Right. And, and, okay. So, and Kulak and DeHarnay are our bottom pairing. Right, and, so and, see, I would take my my four over your four, and, all day. And right? I I wouldn't because Matthias Ekholm totally blows anybody you got you guys have out of the water. It's not even close. I, see, I don't agree with that. I believe Ekholm and Gabby are probably the same player for the most Ga- part. Gavrikov is not no. 
Yeah, I, I think that, and you know, obviously, Nurse is overpaid, and you know, yeah, he, he needs to have better games and Nur- whatnot. Nurse is so a lot I, better I, than Gavrikov. I, I well, yeah, but he's not better than Dowdy, in my opinion. I think uh, they're not that far apart now. I think at, at one, I think at one point in Doughty's career, he was head and shoulders, probably the best defenseman in the league. Probably close, yeah. closest guy to him was Duncan Keith in Chicago. But five, yeah. five years ago, six years ago, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can agree with that. Um, so I think I think for me, I would take my defense right, and then at this point, I would take my third line, my third line against your third line, and then I would think. Uh, Maybe PLD, Fayala, and um, Arvidsson line versus uh, Leon in his line, that which is a tough line. Um, <laughs> I would probably take that line, but of course I would take Connor's line over Kofi's line. So I, to me, I you know I'm a Kings fan, so I'm obviously biased as well. So I think there's going to be parts of the games where you know you guys are better, and there's going to be parts of the game where we're better. But we did add a whole lot of size as well. So we we got some smaller players away and we we added size and so you know a lot of the players that we did add are six two six three two hundred plus pounds and so you know that's going to make a big difference as well and then on that fourth line i think you guys killed us on the on the fourth line last year uh we added some some grit and some experience with uh trevor lewis you know two-time cup winner comes home um a little bit older but him and Blake Lazat and whoever you throw on that is going to be a grindy, grindy first line. Um, so I think it just all depends. But in my opinion, we're not going for the cup this year. Uh, we're going to be competitive and we're trying to see where we're at for the next couple of years. So I think the PLD move is is technically for three, like I said, three to five years. It opens up, uh, in our minds, it opens up the window to win a Stanley Cup without Kopitar if Quinton Byfield doesn't turn out to be that true one seat. <clears throat> yeah. How old is Byfield now? 20. <laughs> okay. He's a kid. Yeah. He's a kid. So, and you know, because he was drafted second overall, you know, there's literally no patience with the fan base and, and everybody else, you know, and, and, you know, the Kings don't develop. Uh, I don't think we've ever had like, you know, 50 plus goal scores besides when Gretzky was there, Gretzky, Luke and uh, Curry, you know, um, I don't think we had those type of players. We always have played a defensive style of game. Did we have sharpshooters? Sure. And, and Carter um, and uh, what's the one that we got from Minnesota? Um, ah, I forgot his name. Uh, but, you know, you get these, these, these sharpshooters, but they still don't put up 30, 40 plus goals. They are trained to be defensive players first, two-way players. That's how we've always won games and championships you don't get into shootouts you get into these defensive juggernaut types uh, of games um so it, it people don't think that quentin byfield isn't coming along fast enough and i say well you know he's only 20 years old right look at him when he's 24 25 is that too much time to give a second overall pick sure but you drafted him at 17 years old during covid then he breaks his ankle then you know he gets yeah. sick at the it's just it's an unfortunate 20 20 um, year, 20 years old is way too early to put a final stamp on what a player is going to be whether it's a forward or defenseman i i'm i'm not ready to you know say he can't be a first line center at, at 20 if you know he's already played in the nhl a few years 
Yeah. He's, well, it's, it's, it's discouraging that he only had three goals and, you know, 13 assists playing on the first line. Right. But I also think that he was overwhelmed. And uh, a lot of people didn't know this, but at the beginning of the year, he got uh, super sick and he lost like 25 pounds, 20 to 25 pounds. And he had to nurse his way back into shape. Um, and so uh, I think a lot of that is a factor. But I think he's going to come around and I think he's going to come around in a big way. But I don't expect it in the next you know, year, I think it's more of a developmental two, three years. They don't, the Kings don't want 100 plus scores. They yeah. don't. They, they, they don't want our players to lead the league in, in anything. What they want is a two way defensive player, somebody that can put up, you know, 60 to 80 points and try to stop Connor and Leon. That's what they want. If you can, if you play a seven game series with Connor and Leon and you can hold them to a combined 15, 16 points. That's what they want, which obviously, you know, Leon, I think Leon did that all by himself. I think, um, I, think I think that strategy is going to be a recipe for a repeat of what keeps happening. I, well, I think so. I was talking to, to um, Hockey Royalty about this as well. Um, I think what's going to happen is McClellan gets fired similar to how Terry Murray got fired before they brought in Daryl Sutter. And when you looked at the team, they were way too defensive-minded, right? And they had great players, but they didn't allow them to breathe or be able to play offensively. I, and so I think, Honestly, I think McClellan's maximizing what he has there for talent. Oh, I don't know, man, because, you know, you get you get uh, coaches that are homer, homers too, you know? Um, like Gabe Velarde was playing 11 minutes a game and he still put up 23 goals and 18 assists, right? So, I mean, imagine if he was on a top six line and you bumped down more and you played Velarde with uh, Philippe Deneau and Arvidsson. Maybe he gets 30 goals or, you know, he gets more experience. So I think the developmental process is a lot longer and harder for Kings players than it is uh, a lot of other teams. And so, you know, I think they need to let the kids play a little bit more. But I also think they need to be more offensive-minded. That 1-3-1 is very difficult to watch, especially when you're getting your ass kicked in the playoffs. You know, you, you just have no hope, it feels like, because you're just waiting to capitalize on a mistake. Yeah. But you don't have the players, right? Just like we talked about. You don't have that player that can just break out and score a goal with no help. Right, that's that's the problem. You're you're missing those you know multiple great game breakers. Kempe held you in games really that you probably didn't deserve to be in, uh, because all he needed is one mistake to capitalize and keep you in games. Um, but against Edmonton, I mean, you have to play almost a flawless defensive game to to be able to beat them because the, their scorers are, are that elite that they they find a way even if you don't give up much. So I, I I don't know. Like I look at what McClellan has and I don't think he's got enough to try to go head to head with Edmonton. So he no, he's no, de- he, he's he's designed this system to try to make it a low event hockey and they're pretty successful at it, but unless it's a no event hockey game you usually are going to come out on the losing end of it just because of the talent level on Edmonton is is at another level than than in LA. Right. And I don't think you guys really did anything to address that. Like I think I think what you had to give up to get Dubois makes it pretty much a lateral move 
And the thing that everybody in Edmonton was afraid of was that you were just going to get better goaltending so you could even, you know, rely on that 1-3-1 system even more than you already do, which would have been really dangerous. Right, which I think we're going to probably address that at the um, trade deadline. Um, obviously, the IR comes into play, the lit IR, and a bunch of other stuff. But I think, you know, with RV being a free agent and, you know, maybe Morse, Morse contract becomes a little bit more tradable because I think he's at five uh, times four years or four times five, one of the two. So I think I think they're going to make a move similar to what they did um, this past season where they went into the trade deadline, got a goalie and a defenseman. I don't think we're going to get a defenseman, but I think we're going to get a goalie for sure. Um, I think uh, Copley and Talbot just have to hold the fort down until then. Um, but for the most part, I think they're going to address the goaltending situation. And trust me, I was pulling for Hallibuck too. Um, but he's going to be looking for $9 million a year uh, is what they're saying. And I don't know, you know, under the circumstances, Vegas had four different goalies that played this year. I mean, <laughs> yeah. do you tr- do you truly need a number one goalie? Uh, I mean, Vegas is is pretty deep everywhere, so they can they can afford to kind of throw just about anybody in in the net and and have it somewhat work out for them. But also, I right. mean, there there has to be a little bit of credit given to Aiden Hill. He he played really well. Uh, hey, I uh, said this on the podcast that one day I said I think. Aiden Hill, numbers-wise, was better than uh, France, blah, 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 whatever, Luis, blah, 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 whatever his name is. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, uh, and I was talking to my cousin who now lives in Alabama, and he, he was uh, – check this out, though. This is really cool. So he is a naval uh, officer, and he's been in the Navy for 20-plus years. And uh, he was living in Vegas. Uh, they were stationed in Vegas. Him and my my uh, my other cousin. They're married. Uh, but when, when the uh, no, that's, not like that. That's no, funny. That that's funny. No, I, I'm not. No judgment. But that's funny. A naval officer sta- stationed in Vegas. That, right. That. So check it out. So he became the head security there in their inaugural season, right? And so he. Um, he was he was the only one that had clearance. He made uh, he ended up being the guy at the door of the locker room for the Vegas Golden Knights, and so he knew a lot, and I mean a lot about the team. And so we were going back and forth um, talking about the games, and he was telling me he's like, dude, Aiden Hill is better than all these these goaltenders. And I'm like, nah, dude, there's no way he would be playing. He wouldn't even, you know, they got quick instead of Aiden Hill. Why would they, you know? But he believes so much in Aiden Hill. And, you know, they went on and won the Stanley Cup. So that, you know, turned out to be a good move. But, um, yeah, I think what a lot of people think now. So I was getting this with a lot of the Kings fans as well. They're saying, oh, you don't need a number one goalie. What you need is just a competent goalie. And I'm like, nah, man, because even Aiden Hill stole a couple games. Um, You know, as deep as Vegas was, Aiden Hill did steal a couple of games. And I think out of any team in the NHL, if you're going to go deep in the playoffs, you need a goalie to steal games. You know, Tampa Bay, when they went on their run, um, you know, 
he stole a bunch of games. Um, and then yeah, look at the Panthers that uh, what yeah. Bobrovsky yeah. shit. He stole every fucking series. <laughs> <laughs> like the Panthers shouldn't even have been there, but because of him, they were. And then he laid a dud in the in the finals. You know, he just couldn't carry them anymore. Well, but I mean, I but... I don't know if you can win with just an average tandem goaltender. And I think that's our both problems. I know you guys believe in Skinner a lot. Uh, um, as a prospect, yeah, but I, I don't know. I believe you win with Soupy before you win with, with uh, Skinner. Um, and just like with me, I think we're going to have to address the goaltending as you get there. You only can get so many true number ones. Maybe there's five, right, true still-a-game type goaltenders in the league? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean – when, uh, stealing a game in the regular season is one thing, but stealing a playoff game is is a is another one. Stealing a series like uh, Bobrovsky did against the Bruins, I think that's 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 on a whole nother level too. So, right, and uh, and, and, and sometimes you know uh, these goalies that get hot in the playoffs and go on these ridiculous runs. It's it's from somebody you don't really even expect. I mean, Jordan Bennington in St. Louis as a rookie, Bobrovsky this oh, yeah. year in Florida, um, yeah, Aiden Hill in in Vegas. I mean, sometimes it just it, it it's just lightning, you know, catches in a bottle and 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 away it goes. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, Quickie did it for us in twelve. You know, when he got robbed for the uh, Vesna that year by. Uh, the Rangers. Uh, what the yeah, I, I believe Quickie was the better goaltender out of those two. And it showed in the playoffs when they met up as well. But, you know, when you can get a, a goalie like that, I mean, you can have weak defenses and, you know, you can make up for it. And I think that's what, what went wrong with Edmonton against Vegas. I think they weren't able to play free because they didn't have the confidence in Skinner uh, in net. Um, when I was watching that series, you can see some of the defensemen, you know, were that, you know, maybe wanted to jump in a button and play here or two, but they just brought it back, made the safe play. Um, you know, they didn't want to counterattack or something like that. Um, so I think until I think it, it, both of our teams, until we, we can kind of get a clear cut answer on goaltending. I don't know if, if the Stanley Cup aspirations are there as far as you know a realistic goal. Well, it, it has to be it has to be a goal for Edmonton now. You 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 got to get there and you, you need to get it done. Uh, to me, a lot of our problems in the playoffs were self inflicted wounds. We didn't really learn anything from the the series against you guys, where we were undisciplined in, in a lot of the games. We repeated the same fucking thing against Vegas. We we tried to be a little bit of the bully there, you know, to flex our muscles to try to intimidate them and make them kind of cower to us, and uh, it backfired. You know, this team is usually a pretty well disciplined team, but we got out of our out of our game and out of our element, and I think that probably put more pressure on on Skinner than he was he was really ready for. Um, you know, our penalty kill hasn't been great for, for a little while here. Power play is next level, but the penalty kill, for whatever reason, uh, 
hasn't got it figured out and it's funny because we were joking about it the other the other day like how does the power play stay so red hot when they go up against such a junk penalty kill <laughs> that they can't they can't figure out you know how to how to how to defend against the best power play. maybe that's the problem those guys are just too much better and the penalty kill just gets defeated and, and can't learn I, I don't know but uh, to me discipline was a big factor in why we kind of gave away the series to to vegas like credit to them they're they're a deep team and and uh played pretty well and and didn't fall into our shit i mean some people will will say that petrangelo probably deserved more in the game and and uh, i don't really disagree with that nurse could be smarter and not choose to pick a fight in the you know in the last five minutes of the third period and and avoid a suspension and and march or so is probably right if nurse doesn't get suspended it's probably a different series and well i think uh, you always have to have some of that though right there, there's no team that wins a stanley cup without some type of weird controversy during you know that and you need that kind of puck luck to go your way i remember the kings were down oh shit there was like three goals or something like that to uh uh was it I want to say it was the St. Louis Blues, and um, uh, Scuderi got cross-checked, and it was a five-minute major, and then the Kings just went off for like five goals, right? You know, yeah. and and you got you just got lucky. And then I could remember uh, same team, St. Louis, like early early two thousands. Um, St. Louis player runs into um, uh, one of our our goalies at the time. I think it was uh, Felix Potvin. At the time, and we had just beat—I want to say Colorado. Um, but anyways, runs into the goalie. Sean O'Donnell slams one of the players' heads into the ice, and he gets a five-minute major. We were up like one-zero. This uh, series was two-to-one. We were at home, and then that was the turning point in the series. They, they went on to score four goals on that five-minute power play, and then the series was done. You know, and so I think, you know, every. Every year, there's there's something in controversy with the team. Kings went on in 2014 when they played in the uh, the, the finals, not the semi semifinals, Western Conference finals. Um, uh, Dustin Brown had a hit on one of the Coyotes where it looked like a leg hit, you know, knee on knee, and it wasn't called. We went on and scored a goal on that exact play, um, and that was a big controversy too. So imagine if, yeah, you're right, Nurse doesn't do that. And, you know, Petrangelo gets more than one game and they don't get matching, you know, one game some sessions. So, you know, it's hard to say, but you definitely need that type of luck um, to be able to make it in the Stanley Cup, you know. And uh, yeah. uh, the, the old adage or the old theory is, is, you know, I'd rather be lucky than good in those situations, you know. Yeah, and you got to be you got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys think of uh, – Costin, uh, not not coming back, and and do you think you're going to be able to sign Bouchard and um, the one that just filed for arbitration? Yeah, Ryan McLeod. Costin um, <clears throat> uh, kind of walking. Um, you know, uh, I think he he's doing what's best for him. I don't know how I personally feel about a guy that writes this big thank you to Oilers fans and whatever, but bolted for the highest dollar from a different team as fast as he could. I, I I lose my sentimental feelings right away when somebody walks out, I guess. I'm not, I don't know, I guess I'm too hard. I'm too, you know, um, 
Yeah, but you can't. You can't be. You know, he knows he's not coming back, especially with McLeod and, and Bouchard, and you only got five, six million in cap. He, he wasn't. You know? He wasn't getting two million here, and uh, that, that just right. wasn't going to happen. So he went to where right. he, where he could get his money, and and you know, uh, you only have so many years that you can play in this league. So make it while you can. I guess is some people's exactly. attitude, but. You know, some people dream of winning a Stanley Cup. I think you're a long ways away from that in Detroit, but... 100%. But, but you know, uh, you remember Zach Grinke? No. Uh, he still plays uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. He, he came out and said, I don't care about the World Series. I'm going to play for whoever pays the highest dollar. Yeah. And so, um, you know, yeah, I, I don't... Babe, as, I, as I got older, you know, uh, just because I'm loyal to the Kings doesn't mean the players are, you know, and, and at yeah. the end of the day, you know, it is a business and, and they, they does it kind of like hurt your feelings and now you got to be against them, you know, like, oh, man, how could you do that? You know, I get it. But at the same time, you know, for me, just like losing Naya Follow and Gabe Velarde and Kapari, <laughs> I'm happy that you guys lost, lost uh, Costin because he, he, he's, uh, he's kind of done some damage to us and yammo a little bit as well the the thing about costin i think is is that i think his player type is going to and the price tag that they got him or whatever i think that's replaceable again i i think the bigger loss for us uh, this offseason was was nick bukestad i that one's going to be tougher um he he could do a lot of things you know Costin was a physical player. He he would drop the gloves. A good teammate and all that had a pretty lethal uh, snapshot and and uh, you know a flair for scoring big goals and and uh, making big plays. But Bukestad, like you know, I think did more. Was more versatile. And I think at the price that we had him for, that that's going to be a tough one to try to duplicate what, what happened there. So that that's a bit of a loss. I think I think Edmonton is trying to backfill kind of positions with with youth, and uh, you know I think that's you know trying to hit a Tim Wakefield knuckleball in terms of trying to figure out if that's actually going to pan out or not. I I don't know. I I, I think there's talent inside of Dylan Holloway. Um, I think the the kid can skate you know like the wind and can play a physical brand of hockey. But I'm just not sure, you know, that him trying to step into guys that are a little bit older, a little bit more seasons kind of role and, and take that and run with it. If that's going to work out, it might work out. It, you know, it might work out better for them. I, I don't know. And then another rookie, either Carter Savoy or Xavier Borgo or, or whatever. Some of these guys are going to need to make a jump into the NHL, um, you know, and and take the ball and, and run with it. And I think that's big expectations, but it's kind of what they have to do in terms of McLeod and Bouchard. Yeah, I think they both get signed, but... Uh, um, Who takes the pay cut? Bouchard? Well, they're both going to get a pay increase from what they were getting, but it's probably not what they would be getting if they were, you know, unrestricted free agents for sure. Um you know, Bouchard is probably already at least a five million dollar defenseman. Um, that does he take the hometown discount? Well, I I think you know I think what happens there is that he's in the three to three and a half million a a, a season. Uh, Rich deal. Yeah, and hopefully it's two years and not just one. If you're having to go down that road, but. Uh, 
I, I kind of think Edmonton's in a little bit of a spot here where the hope, hopes and prayers are to be have a salary, salary cap that goes up to kind of accommodate them and, and other people that are going to be coming up for contract renewals at the same time. Right. So the, the question is, you know, like if, if, you, if, you, if I was Bouchard, right, I would try to get a one-year deal believing that the cap goes up next year, right? Next year, $5 million, I can milk more money out of the deal, right, next year. They can't afford to lose me, blah, blah, blah. But I think Leon is a uh, free agent next year, isn't he? It's either one or two more years, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's going to be, yeah. Uh, and then after him is Connor. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be some uh, some cap challenges for you guys in particular um, later on. But and here's the thing with the PLD trade, too. I mean, it looks like we gave him a big contract, right? You know, um, I think it was 8.75 or something like that. Um, but in, like, it's an eight-year deal. So in three to four years, that 8.75 is not going to be looking so bad for uh, Centerman in his prime if he plays up to his potential. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so an hour with you flies by like, uh, you know, we could have <laughs> – this could have been a two-hour show. I've been kind of uh, orders from headquarters to try to keep shows under under an hour. Oh, yeah, you were listening <laughs> last night. Uh, um, but we, we rolled through this hour. When I release this to Spotify, I'm going to cut the first uh, minute and a half or whatever. We're, we didn't have any fucking audio for whatever reason. Um, right. But, um, yeah, if if you got anything you want to ask or whatever, uh, shoot, and then I'll, I'll, I'll shut her down. And, and uh, we'll get you back on uh, before, you know, t- not too long here. And I know Rob wants to spar with you too so um <laughs> I, I i thank you for coming on and uh just uh whatever you got left uh just fire away and then i'll i'll close this down and i'll talk to you after uh no hey just uh have a great night um you know uh no reason why uh fans of hockey in general can't get along have a good time uh talk neutral uh be respectable to each other and you know just honestly just talk puck you know there's nothing wrong with that and i think a lot of people that uh are fans of their teams forget that and uh they really just need to uh focus on uh being friendly and responsible on how they talk you know that's about it i i guess mr garrity wants to come on next time you're on because he says it would be easier if he was just on with us rather than commenting in the chats i I feel feel like every time i'm watching the show i'm like man they could have just brought me up for this shit they're over here reading my comments right after every comment that they make Yeah. yeah um Hopefully, slowly we start to build this so it's more than one person always commenting. But oh, I think it's gonna build really well. I do. I think it's just gonna longevity thing. You just gotta keep plugging away, and people find you. Yeah, we're 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 gonna try to do a couple different things this year. Like, uh, I'll I'll go down to Edmonton and hook up with Chad and Bob directly, and try to live stream like at West Edmonton Mall in front of kid skating or or whatever and that kind of stuff and um in the fall once hockey season starts up here there's junior a uh, ajhl like the alberta junior hockey league what kale mccarr came out of um there's a team in my city here so i can I, what i want to do is is try to get in touch with the team and pull a player and have them come and just uh, chat you know in, in studio with me and with bob and those guys and 
you know. Yeah, I'm going to start heading to more Ontario Rain games. Um, kind of see the development over there, what's going on. As I'm, so I'm starting to be able to get a little bit older. I can do a lot more things. Finances are a lot better, you know, so you, you're able to do some more things. And so yes. we're going to start uh, getting season tickets and stuff like that and seeing if we can get out there and just see what's going on. You, you know, if you get into doing something like that, I wouldn't mind uh, just giving you a call at intermission and, and doing like an intermission hit and stuff like that kind of stuff. That would work. For sure. for, that would work for me too. Uh, I, I appreciate you. You're you're uh, you're you're a good guy. Um, you know, you're making the rest of Kings Nation look look pretty good. If if any of them are, are like you, uh, I got a lot of respect for you. Um, I don't know if you do fantasy hockey, but we just had uh, fantasy hockey hacks uh, network or join the heavy hockey network, so they're part of the fold now too. So. They have podcasts about fantasy hockey and, you know, tips for all of that kind of stuff. I kind of gave up on fantasy hockey because I kept finishing last in, in my fucking league. And I, I had the first overall pick when we started the league. So I got Connor and, and I still couldn't find a way to make a team a winner. So I'm a terrible GM. So I just, I, I threw in the towel. I'm still a player. You guys, I'm not, I'm just, not. <laughs> you guys just start a heavy hockey fantasy just for the for just for the guys in that area in yeah. that in the heavy hockey and, and then you know that gives you bragging rights on the pod baby yeah yeah i, I wouldn't have any so i'd just be like i always am just sitting down here in in the in the room having uh you know it's a funny. gp it's... gp local uh, uh chamber of commerce beer you know what's funny is uh i played fantasy for the first time last year in the league so i had played for two years but the first year I was on a boat and I couldn't do anything. There was I never played fantasy football the first year, but the second year uh, I became a degenerate fantasy football guy and I won my first league. Uh, and I made uh, I made twenty two trades and acquired eighty five players. <laughs> and uh, everybody was shocked. Nobody wanted to trade for me. They don't want to trade with me this year. But like I told them, I said, listen. If you don't wake up every morning and you're not the GM of that team, then you don't need to play fantasy football. I woke up every morning, no matter what I did, and I said, how can I make this team better? It didn't matter if I had a big job, small job. <laughs> I woke up, looked at that fantasy and said, looked at everybody else's team and said, how do I get this better? I just put up the QR code to uh, subscribe to the channel on, on YouTube if anybody wants to uh help us out there that would be great and if you smash the like button as all the cool kids say uh on youtube it helps the algorithm confuse it and think we're oh, some sure. some special <laughs> yeah um you're yeah. gonna have to cut this suit short here mike <laughs> i uh i i really appreciate you coming on um thanks again so everybody uh keep your sticks on the ice keep reaching for the stars go others go and uh I don't know. I think the Oilers are going to be just fine this season. I think we will probably see the Kings again uh, in uh, early April, but uh, we'll find out. Thanks again, Angel. Good night, everybody.